everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Young Black Independented. I'm your host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening today, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. Today's episode is titled Help Us Find Us, and that's the slogan of the Black and Missing Foundation, founded by Derricka and Natalie Wilson, my special guest today on the podcast. This episode was just laid on my heart because I watched the Black and Missing docuseries on HBO Max featuring these ladies and featuring the foundation. And I was just blown away by how much work they are really putting in on the ground by themselves, just two sisters-in-law who decided to step up for their community and help locate and find and bring home missing people of color. So as soon as I watched that docuseries, I shot my shot, I reached out, and they agreed to come on the show today. And I'm so happy to have them speak about the uphill battle with law enforcement and the media and not giving these missing person cases the attention and time that they deserve just like anybody else. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode and really learn something from this and take action. I know this isn't my typical pop culture episode, but it was related to that docuseries. So if you haven't seen the docuseries, please go back and watch it. And yeah, I hope that you guys take something away from Natalie and Derricka Wilson today. All right, well, let's just jump right in. Um, thank you guys again for joining me on Young Black Independent Podcast. This is kind of a different beat for me. Normally I do the pop culture news and the celebrity news, but I really wanted to dedicate a whole episode to this topic because that's how much of an impact the docuseries had on me. You know, right out the gate, the first episode, I think, Natalie, you said that in 2019, there were 600,000 missing people and 40% were people of color. And that's almost half. And that was a shocking number. So can you just start out, you know, telling us what you guys do and how you got here today? You know, um, on the docuseries, you guys expressed how you still work nine to fives and you're kind of doing this grassroots on your off time when you can. And so can you just explain to my listeners, what is the Black and Missing Foundation? Sure. So first, thank you so much for having us. Um, we are excited to be here um, and to talk to you and to your listeners about our organization. So the Black and Missing Foundation, we are a nonprofit organization that brings awareness to missing people of color. We help search for them. And as equally as important is we educate the minority community about personal safety and about this issue. And the inspiration behind the Black and Missing Foundation is a young lady by the name of Tamika Houston, who went missing from Derricka's hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina. And we read how her family, particularly her aunt, who's in media relations, public relations, really struggled to get national coverage for Tamika's disappearance. And a year after Tamika disappeared, Natalie Holloway, vanished mm -hmm. and her face and her name and her story dominated the news cycle and rebecca who's tamika's aunt reached out to those same reporters those same networks those same programs and guess what there was no interest in tamika's story at all so we decided to do some research to see if, you know maybe people of color aren't disappearing at an alarming rate and we were so surprised to learn that 30 percent of all persons missing at that time were people of color and they were mostly black males wow. so derica and i decided you know why not us let's do something about this i'm in media relations she's in law enforcement and those are the two critical professions needed um, because, you know, they're not telling our stories. 
-hmm. And when we started the organization, we just had to keep going. Um, we're motivated to help the families because now it's a pandemic. The numbers have increased, whereas close to 40% of all persons missing are people of color. Now oh. that is so alarming. And these families are desperately searching for their missing loved ones. You know, the media isn't covering, covering the story. Law enforcement isn't providing the resources or the assistance needed something as simple as taking a police report. Now, how disheartening is that? So that's pretty much the nut in a nutshell what the organization is about because we have to help us find us. Yeah. And I want to turn it to Derica because one quote from the docuseries really stands out to me. I don't want these cases to be handled sloppily because our community matters. And so we talked about how we don't seem to matter to the police sometimes or to the media. And so, Derricka, as a former law enforcement officer, how do you kind of bring that background knowledge of law enforcement to the work that you guys are doing? You know, are you working side by side with police or are you kind of doing like armchair detective work? You know how people are kind of solving cases over the Internet these days. You know, how how does your law enforcement background play a role in this? Thank you again for having us. You know, law enforcement plays a critical role. And what I can say is that in my experience uh, serving, it's not considered a priority. And so we need to change that narrative. We want law enforcement to view us as allies. We can't do what we do without their help. For example, if we receive tips uh, that come into the organization, it's very critical for them to follow up on these tips. So we want them to see that we are there with them and we're also there for the families. Um, we want them to take our cases seriously. So from our standpoint, we are walking the families through the process and filing a missing persons report. Even when they turn their backs on them, we continue to pound the pavement so they can get the police reports um, assigned to their missing loved one. And we are also um, dedicating our resources by utilizing you know, our media partners as well as our social media platforms so law enforcement can see that we are visible um, yeah. and that we're going to continue to help these families because it's very important. These families need it. They're desperate. And we need law enforcement as a whole to get rid of the classification runaways. Yeah. Um, our children are not always running away. In our organization, we don't even use the classification runaway. And um, why do they think that about us? Why do, do they think that all Black people's lives are so awful that we want to run away from home? I don't get it. I don't understand why that's always the first thing that law enforcement says. You know, oh, wait a couple of days, they ran away. Mm -hmm. They don't want to dedicate the resources to find it. It's, again, it's it's like we don't matter. And, and yeah. so we have to change that because the perception is if that child is running away, then whatever happens to that child, he or she brought it on themselves. Mm -hmm. But what we need the community and everyone to understand that these are children. Yeah. And if they are running away, we need to find out what are they running from and who are they running to? Because if you look at a flyer and one says missing and the other says runaway, the messaging is not created equal. You know, yeah. people are less likely to share a flyer that says runaway. And 
quite frankly, there's not enough resources dedicated. You're not receiving the Amber Alert. Um, they're not. That know, made me time. so mad when I when that came up on the docu series because I was like, that's literally the bare minimum that we're asking. Just put out an Amber Alert. You you know, we're not asking you to open up an FBI investigation right now, although we've seen you do that for white people. We've seen you call rally all the troops for white people, but not black people. And so, yeah, that's what I'm just saying. You know, just something as simple as, like you said, following tips or putting out an Amber Alert. Right. But let's take it. Let's take it a step back. Take the police report. That's the first thing. Yeah. They don't even want to take the police report saw in the documentary, even with the Kennedy Highs case. You know, you saw the commander saying that, you know, that case just did not elevate all the way up. We didn't feel that, you know, additional resources needed to be dedicated. We have to prioritize. This is a child. This is yeah. a child. And everyone should be outraged when our children go missing. Yeah. And and the reason besides, you know, the docuseries bringing all this to light, another reason why I wanted to talk to you all is because I personally have noticed the number of missing people going up on my social media. Every day I see somebody posting a flyer on Facebook or Twitter. And that's when I realized, okay, this is an epidemic. This is, this is kind of an epidemic alongside the pandemic. And I'm actually surprised that you said more people are going missing during this pandemic. But, um, you know, going back to what you said about it just seems like our lives don't matter. Can can you guys talk a little bit about how how do you press on and stay positive and help these families find hope when you know we're seeing not only black people go missing but also black people killed by police, black people profiled by police. It just feels like there's always so much on us all the time and it is kind of disheartening and sometimes it's hard to stay positive. So how do you all press on especially with the the families that you're helping? Well, we have to continue to hold on to hope and we have to use our voice and our resources for change. You're right. We're seeing a lot of negative <laughs> images that are yeah. impacting from psyche. And, you know, when we receive a call from a family, we have to spring into action because we look at it as, as though it could be our family member and we would want someone to be there and to help us through this process because we help the families from beginning to end and we dedicate all of you know resources sometimes there are financial resources that we're providing the family so whatever we can do to help them we definitely do that because we're meeting people at the lowest and most difficult times in their lives and the unknown as to what happened to their family member it's very frustrating is very heartbreaking and we just have to utilize our resources to help them. Yeah, and and another quote that I remember from the series, I think Derica, you may have said, there's really no closure when you have a missing person's case, there's no reunion yet, or, or, or it's kind of, you, you don't have a resolution, so to speak. And so um, I saw that you guys actually had a campaign over the holidays. You don't think about the holidays. It's not so happy for everybody. Some people have family members out there missing over Christmas and New Year's. And like you said, the work kind of never stops. I'm sure you guys had to keep on working over the holidays. And so um, I just wanted to, you know, kind of paint that picture for my listeners to remind them that a missing person, there's still hope and they can be found and we, and we want to bring them home safely. And I think that's kind of, what the law enforcement does sometimes is kind of just say, oh, missing person, like we'll find them and kind of throw it to the side. But you know that those first few days or weeks can be critical to finding the person. So um, that was a very interesting point from the docu-series that I observed. But another thing that I wanted to talk about, and you kind of touched on it, Derica, is 
that there are other factors that can lead to a person gone missing. You know, if they did run away, why did they run away? We have to address that. And I like how they were some of the academics on the docuseries were talking about how homelessness can be a factor, how mental health can be a factor. So can you just talk about, Derica, how some of those factors can lead to a person gone missing? And it's not just people running away, you know, or also oh. one thing that was brought to my attention was the sex trafficking, because I know that that has also you know been on the rise as well. And so they kind of go hand in hand. I didn't realize. Oh, oh absolutely. And in fact, January is recognized as Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Awesome. And we we have, you know, so many cases that that we work on and, and that continue to come through, you know, our platforms. And these individuals, male and female, are victims of human trafficking. Human trafficking is a multi-billion dollar industry that's happening right here on U.S. soil. Wow. So we are seeing uh, our community going missing at an alarming rate, and they're going missing as a result of human trafficking, domestic violence, mental health, parental abduction, and the list goes on and on. And when you factor in, we are still in a pandemic with the virus, and when the world stopped and everyone was, you know, on lockdown. Think about these men, women, and children that were locked in their homes with their abusers. When mm. you think in the grand scheme of things of individuals going to school to escape or going to work to escape, and now they are locked in with no outlet. And that is why we have seen a huge increase in cases during the pandemic. Wow. I didn't realize that. And, and I wanted to really make a point also going back to the holidays. I know you brought it up about, you know, families are still dealing with not knowing where their loved ones are. Yeah. And, you know, we have we check in on our families regularly. Our families check in because they become part of our family and they check in on us. And, you know, I was one of the, the mothers of this young lady that's missing. She reached out and she said, Happy New Year. You can't even tell that mother Happy New Year because there's nothing happy about it when you yeah. when you don't know. So our response is we hope this new year bring your daughter home or bring yeah. answers to, to bring closure because you really don't know what to say. And I think people have to be very mindful, especially when they are individuals that are missing and they're speaking to their families. You, you really can't say, oh, Merry Christmas and, and Happy New Year. You have to really think about that because it's nothing merry or happy about it. Yeah, I was just thinking about that this holiday season because I experienced some loss in 2021, you know, natural loss. I, I lost my uncle and he passed away. And just thinking uh, about how he's not here with us anymore, but at least we know that he's at rest. When you have a, a missing family member or a loved one, you don't know that. And so I just wanted to highlight that on this episode because um, you know, we see flyers every day and people just scroll by on social media. But I really hope that people will take this to heart and, you know, try to help as much as they can. And so that's why I'm using my platform today to get this message out, because I don't want to be a part of the missing white woman syndrome. I don't want to be another media outlet who stays silent. And so when I was watching the docuseries, I could feel Natalie's pain when you were trying to I think you were trying to tell 
some local news about um, a self-defense class you guys had coming up. And it kind of just seemed like everybody was brushing you off. And that made me so mad. That just, that irritated me so much, but I'm assuming you might get that a lot, Natalie. Absolutely. And it doesn't deter me at all. It actually motivates me because these families, you know, they rely on us. And I will say that thankfully to the Black press, we have, you know, they've helped us to be thought leaders or leaders in this conversation. So it doesn't deter me. I, um, you know, welcome it, take it on. And we have made great strides. Of course, we have, you know, a lot more work to do, but I'm fine with it. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, you know, what is your hope for your relationship with the foundation and law enforcement and the media? You know, obviously the docu-series gave you guys a, a lot of attention. And so now what is your pie in the sky dream? Like, do you hope that one day you guys won't, won't have to be as involved and maybe law enforcement will finally step up? Or do you see like you guys are just in it for the long haul because we may never get the, the quality and the justice that we're seeking? I always ask people on my podcast, do you think that we'll ever get a seat at the table or should we just build our own? It seems like you all have built your own with this foundation. Oh, oh we're certainly building our own. Yes, <laughs> and, we don't need a Na- seat. <laughs> and, and as Natalie would say quickly, you know, we are the fire starters and it is our hope, you know, what this docuseries has done, it has given everyone a bird's eye view into what these families are experiencing, what they're going through. And so now everyone is aware of the problem. We all have to come together and work together to to figure out what the solutions are. So from the law enforcement perspective, one of our goals is to get rid of the classification of runaway. Mm -hmm. Um, They are missing. They are children, they are missing, and every case need to be taken seriously. And the second part to that is get rid of that 24-hour waiting period. Because we all know the first 24 to 48 hours are the most critical moments. So I feel that if we can accomplish those two things from the top, then everything else can follow. Because we we definitely need more debt uh, resources dedicated to those missing person units. And we, we need for law enforcement to view organizations such as our organization and other organizations that are making a difference in the community, you know, um, recognize us as allies. Yeah. You know, that, that is where, where the change is going to come. Right. And for me, it's really a wake up call. You know, we really need to further the conversations in newsrooms across the country that, They need to change their biases, and I'm not sure if it's intentional or not as to how they cover these cases. And as Derica mentioned, we need to really challenge law enforcement to take a look at the stereotypes um, that's really affecting how they handle these cases. But we also have to call out our community. We want them to know that we are allies Mm -hmm. in this fight, and we have so much more power if we work together Um, We know that there's this no snitching in our community. Well, it could be your mother, your father, your grandparent, your child that's missing. 
missing and you would want someone to come forward um, to help find them. So let's all work together to bring about change. Yeah, I follow a few cases and, you know, listen to some true crime podcast and some of them have been solved by just somebody speaking up 10 years later. You don't have to wait 10 years to speak up and give a tip. Like you said, you never know how just one thing you remember from five years ago might help. And also going back to Derek's point about the timing, timing is everything. If, if, if somebody sits on that information for five years, that's five years without the family knowing about their loved one. So, you know, just getting the information out as soon as possible is so, so important. And I'm, I'm glad that you all spoke about, it really starts with the media and them turning around their biases. I did read a couple articles and NPR had some great suggestions for the media. You know, first of all, don't pretend the coverage decisions don't create news. You know, there are people, I'm a social media producer for a living. So I know there are people behind the scenes calling the shots about what goes on the homepage or what mm. goes in, in the evening news tonight. And so it really does take those people just digging deep and, you know, kind of putting people over paywalls and clicks and stuff like that. And I'm going on a tangent because I've been feeling a certain way about the media lately, but mm -hmm. just with the misinformation during the pandemic and everything, I feel like the media has gone awry and we're not focusing on the most important stories. You're right. We're wasting Reverse. news alerts. Oh, go ahead. We need diversity in the newsroom so that the stories, our stories are told too, and exactly. they're not bypassed. And, you know, our stories matter. And the way our stories are, are told matters as well. Yes. And I'm glad that you all said that the, the families that you are helping basically become your family and you are treating them with care because sometimes you can just become another number or uh, another police file, you know? And, and if I can add, you know, we understand and recognize that not every case is going to elevate to mainstream media. We understand that not every case is going to make the five and 10 o'clock news cycle, but that's where we all come together. And mm -hmm. we want our community to help us uh, be that digital milk carton. Don't just yeah. look at these flyers, share these flyers because someone out there knows something. And I'll just share a quick a success story that we just recently had. Yeah. There was a one-year-old toddler missing from Maryland. Wow. We posted about this toddler after the police department put the information out. One of our followers saw the flyer, contacted the police in New York because she was seen in New York. And that family was reunited with that one-year-old toddler who was on the subway. Oh my gosh. And it just and really shows the power of all of us coming together Law enforcement taking the report, putting out the alert. Um, we using our platform, social media, even the media put the story out about the toddler. And then a vigilant community member saw something and said something. Wow. I, I love to hear something like that because I was just thinking you guys have 40,000 followers on Instagram. That's 40,000 potential people who could see you post that. And it clearly paid off in, in this situation. So uh, it's just amazing to me that you guys are just two, excuse my language, but badass Black women who just did this and stepped up for your community. And like you said, it really just takes us sometimes to be like, okay, nobody else is going to do it. So we'll do what needs to be done. And as you said, because we are Black women, we we definitely handle the cases with more care. And so one last question I have for you all was, do you have any advice for people who are passionate about a cause just like this, but can't seem to get authorities on board or 
I, I don't want to say everybody should just start a nonprofit, but do you have any advice for somebody who has a, a cause just like this and, and they don't even know where to start or they feel defeated? Well, what I will say uh, for our particular case is that when you recognize an issue, in order to correct the issue, you have to be willing to be the change. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're passionate about, that's going to help identify the problem and correct it. We just tell you to go for it. I, again, Natalie and I, we are wives, we're mothers, we work full-time jobs. And you know what? These families depend on us. And again, if not us, who? Yeah. So we're going to continue pounding the pavement because this is so much bigger than us. You know, yeah. this is, we're on a mission and, and we're just asking folks to join us to help us find us. The last thing that I, I did want to ask you guys is how can listeners support you? Like you said, you know, you guys do have a great network of volunteers. So um, I'm located in New Jersey. I know you guys are kind of in the DMV area, but how can anybody support you if they're not physically there with you or donate maybe? Absolutely. So they can go to our website at BAMFI.org. They can donate. Um you know, we need financial support so we can build our team, a greater team, and we can help so many more families. Um, yeah. They can volunteer. They can provide, you know, resources. So many professionals, you know, doctors, um, therapists can provide their resources or their assistance to these families. And to go back to, you know, the question that you asked as to what someone can do, you don't have to start an organization, but you can serve in some capacity. You can, again, volunteer, you can donate, you can just, you know, be there as someone, they just want to talk to you or vent or just cry on your shoulder and you're there just to listen. So we yeah. all can do something to help someone in our community. Yeah, I, I feel like I would just really be doing a disservice for my community if I didn't share this message. And like, like, like I said, I might not be hitting the ground running with you guys actually hanging flyers, but even just something as this or resharing or liking that really goes a long way. So I just thank you all again for coming on the show and, and sharing this information. And I hope that everybody does take the time to go watch the docuseries because it definitely touched me. Thank, thank you so, so much. All right, folks, that concludes another episode of Young Black and Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO podcast. And you can subscribe wherever you're listening today. Apple, Spotify, click that subscribe button. And of course, you're going to want to stay tapped into the Black and Missing Foundation. So please visit them at BAMFI.org. BAMFI.org. And there you can submit an anonymous tip. You can join the community and stay tapped in that way with the newsletters and the social media media you can donate and you can of course report a missing person if you or someone you know um has a missing loved one and so thank you guys so much for just taking the time to hear this out and follow the hashtag help us find us and let's bring our missing people of color home we we want them home so thank you guys i'll be back with another episode soon have a good one bye